There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Welcome to Revealing the True Light. I'm going to enjoy this session because it's going to be covering a very important subject. What are light workers? And I'll get involved in that in just a moment. But first, I want to mention recently I looked at some statistics on who is watching the podcast on youtube.com slash Mike Shreve Ministries and who's listening to the audio podcast. And of course, we also post it on the website, thetruelight.net. And much to my surprise, we've had about a quarter of a million downloads for our audio podcasts, and people from over a hundred nations have connected with us. So hopefully the light of truth is going to be shedding forth from this podcast globally and touching many lives who then share what they learn with others. And please do encourage others to subscribe and become a part of our weekly podcast offerings because we want to be a blessing and we certainly want the truth to be exalted, the true light that lights every person who comes into the world. The title for today's podcast is a very simple question, but it doesn't have a simple answer. What are light workers? And the word light workers is in quotation marks. What are light workers? Because there's a very detailed way of describing what that word means. It has a connotation that is different according to who uses the word. Now, in the description on the podcast, the audio podcast, I state this, that New Agers, witches, pagans, and promoters of the law of attraction often call themselves light workers. What does that term really mean? Is it good or is it bad? Should it be embraced or shunned? Can followers of Jesus call themselves light workers? Is there an alternative way of re-envisioning this title? These questions are questions that need to be answered. How did this subject get awakened in my heart? How did it grab my attention? Well, a few days ago, I sent a quote to my wife, Elizabeth, who creates picture posts for our Facebook page and Twitter posts, etc. And she'll take quotes that I send her and match it with a good picture. And she has an amazing app on her phone that uh, produces some really nice stuff. And my quote for April 21st of 2022 was this statement, New Age witches often call themselves light workers and no wonder. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And I was quoting, of course, from 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Why would Satan call himself or disguise himself as 
an angel of light. Because Satan's primary tactic for entrapment is deception. He's the great deceiver who, according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, deceives the whole world. There's a blanket of deception over the entire globe, and no one is really exempt from that satanic influence. Thank God those who have been born again have the spirit of truth within them, and they have been begotten by the word of truth, and those are very powerful in exposing the deception when it comes. But still, we've got to understand that Satan's primary way of deceiving is by producing a counterfeit. One of the first books that I read when I was saved, over 50 years ago, I came out of Eastern religions and New Age spirituality. I was a teacher of yoga at four universities. I ran a yoga ashram. And one of the first books that was presented to me was a book called A Challenging Counterfeit. And it showed how close that some of the new age offerings of of various processes or various practices you can implement in order to become a quote-unquote enlightened being, how close it comes to a true biblical path, but not all the way. It's a challenging counterfeit. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Well, at the time that I posted that statement and that Facebook picture, I thought it was usually white witches that call themselves light workers because they uh, view themselves as being quote unquote good witches. However, this is an oxymoron because there's no such thing as good witches. And there's no such thing as good witchcraft. Across the board, witchcraft is illegitimate spiritual power that does not come from God. It is not drawn from that source of the true God. However, there is a a certain spiritual power associated with witchcraft that does accomplish certain goals. In fact, the guru I studied under used to make a distinction between black witchcraft, red witchcraft, and white witchcraft. He said black witchcraft is spiritual power used for evil purposes. Red witchcraft is spiritual power used for selfish or egotistical purposes. And white witchcraft is power that is used for righteous, good, noble, and unselfish purposes. And of course, he said yoga and the specific group we were a part of, kundalini yoga, fell under the heading of white witchcraft. However, the source of the power in all three areas remains the same. And that is this impersonal life force that flows through the entire universe that is viewed as being ultimate reality. All witches tap into that power, that source power, whether they be black witches, red witches, or white witches, and so forth. Now, I know many of you, when you think of a good witch, think of Glinda on The Wizard of Oz. Well, that began some subtle deception that has oozed its way into the media presentation of witchcraft being a good thing. And now, of course, it's reached a very pinnacle of expression in the media. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 13, 
however, provides a blanket condemnation for witchcraft. It does not differentiate between those three categories. In fact, I, I should read that to you. Let me go to that on my Bible. That's Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verses 13, 9 through 13. It says uh, very clearly, I mean, there's no way to misinterpret it. God told the Israelite people, when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow after the abominations of those nations. Now, remember, the word abomination was used, and that's a very strong biblical word. And then God itemized some spiritual practices that Israelites were not to participate in, that he called abominations. He said, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, which is a a person that uses incantations to accomplish certain specific means. A soothsayer also tries to bring forth esoteric or hidden knowledge, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead, which is also called necromancy. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. So God exposes one of the main reasons the Canaanite tribes were driven out of the promised land because they were participating in spiritual practices that opened the door to demonic deception. I believe it was because God was trying to protect his people from becoming ensnared by dark demonic beings who would love to introduce these false spiritual practices into a true worldview. That's something to consider. Not only are the practices abominations, those who practice them are referred to as abominations, which is a very strong word. To be abominable is to be absolutely unreceivable and rejectable. Now, let's go back to this idea of being a light worker. Back to the main issue. I noticed some comments, though, on my post that aroused my curiosity and made me realize that this term light worker covers a lot more territory now, especially as claimed by people with a whole range of beliefs concerning truth and spirituality, including people who would never refer to themselves as a quote-unquote witch. So I thought, I'm going to Google that term, and I'm going to look it up and see who relates to that term, who names themselves with that name, and see uh, what kind of categories it fits into now. And wow, it became uh, a very shocking thing to me that it's a popular moniker that covers a lot more territory now. In fact, there was so much information on the internet about being a light worker, it was very challenging to me to sift through all that information and come up with the most powerful and convincing presentation I could on this podcast. And so I've spent quite a few hours focused on this. Now, before I get to the most shocking part or the most disturbing part, I'll put it that way, let me give you the definition 
of what a light worker is as posted on a New Age website called Vital Ethos. And again, remember, this is a definition according to a person who embraces New Age spirituality. A light worker is someone, and this is quote unquote, a light worker is someone who dedicates their life to channeling universal energy and wisdom for the highest good of all beings. And a little further on, on that website, it continues, during their time in this realm, light workers strive to transcend their ego and commit fully to serving others with love and compassion. Sounds really good, doesn't it? Sounds really acceptable. The world needs more loving people. The world needs more compassion and compassionate people doing something to relieve the suffering of others. And most of those, I would dare to say, and this is a very important statement, most of those who would identify themselves this way, who would say, I am a light worker, probably genuinely want to create a better world. They're not out to do something dark and deceptive. They may be used by deceptive forces to promote a false agenda, but in their heart of hearts, I believe most people who would refer to themselves this way really want to be a source of goodness. However, there is a crack in the dike that is going to cause this whole spiritual and religious facade to crumble right before our eyes, before we're through with this podcast. There's a little crack in the dike that is letting through the waters of truth. And I believe it's going to erode the deception. Go back to the definition I just gave for a moment. The light worker is someone who, quote, channels universal energy and wisdom for the highest good of all beings. That statement indicates that Yahweh, the personal God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the personal God of the Bible, is being dropped from the credits of this movie called The Universe, and in his prominent place as the creator is a new nameless actor, which is an impersonal life force from which human beings have manifested and an impersonal life force that human beings can control, manipulate, or channel in order to bring forth desired results. So, it's relegating the personal God to an impersonal status, which I believe is actually heresy. It's actually blasphemous. It's actually completely untrue. You don't have a relationship with a universal force. You control it. You awaken it. You become one with it. You manifest it, 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 it. But you don't have a relationship with him an external God who comes and dwells in your heart in order to have a son or daughter relationship with a heavenly father. It's a much different approach. Now, we're going to take this step by step. Who actually originated the term light worker? 
Have you ever wondered where that term came from? Who started it? Who used it to begin with? A man named Michael Murdad, M-I-R-D-A-D, is the originator of that particular term. He used it in his teaching. And Michael Murdad is a very prominent New Ager, a New Age teacher who lives in Sedona, Arizona. And on his own website, it talks about how Michael's work focuses on soul healing, spiritual mastery, creating healthy relationships, and here it is, awakening Christ consciousness, and then in parentheses, our divine selves. So that whole concept of awakening your Christ consciousness was something I promoted over 50 years ago when I was a yoga teacher. It was synonymous with God consciousness, self-realization, enlightenment. We used a lot of terms to refer to the same thing. And it was a reference to this idea of manifesting your divinity and becoming God manifested in this world. Or in other words, you become like Christ. You don't receive him as savior. You don't receive him as your redeemer, but he becomes an example of how you can awaken your own divinity and walk in this supposed light. But again, it's a false light. It's not the true light. So that's the originator. That's the person who first used this term, light worker. And if you go to his website, and it's michaelmurdad.com, that's M-I-R-D-A-D, and incidentally, I'll have all these links in the notes on my audio podcast uh, on cpnshows.com. You can go there, and I most likely will have an article on the truelight.net, our website, where I will also have these links, and you can go and look for yourself. Definitely not a website that promotes that you must repent when you come before God, receive the blood of Jesus cleansing your soul, and faith in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus being necessary for true salvation. Um, Those things are are gone from all the articles and videos, etc., altogether. But Christ consciousness must be awakened within us. So that's using his title, Christ, which means anointed one, to validate a system of belief that is not correct, and yet it becomes more believable because it's somehow connected to Jesus by using that term, but it's not connected to the truth. Now, on the website I mentioned a while ago, vitalethos.com, There's an article on 25 surprising signs that you are a light worker. And I thought it would be a good thing to enumerate those 25 signs very quickly with very little explanation. We don't have time for that. But to show you how people identify themselves this way and why they would think, I am a light worker, because these kind of qualities or characteristics may be in his or her life. Now, again, this is from vitalethos.com. And again, that 
link will be on my notes on cpnshows.com on Revealing the True Light podcast and also on the truelight.net. Now, here they are, the 25 surprising signs that you are a light worker. Number one, you often feel the presence of invisible forces. It doesn't differentiate between angels and demons. It doesn't talk about uh, being able to discern whether or not those forces are good or evil. It just says, number one, you often feel the presence of invisible forces. And uh, the head of Transcendental Meditation, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, one time was asked, if I encounter spirit beings on other planes when I'm doing astral projection, what should I do? And he smiled and said, welcome them in. Welcome them in. There was no differentiation between true angels and demonic beings. Anyway, number one, you often feel the presence of invisible forces. Number two, you feel like an outsider and you don't fit in anywhere. Number three, you survived a dark night of the soul. Number four, you are unusually lucky. Things in life just always seem to go your way, which is a sign, and the explanation on the website says, it's a sign the universe is affirming your path. But the universe does not love you, and the universe does not have your back. If the universe could respond to you and grant you your wishes, then certain smaller parts of the universe should be able to do that. The rock in your backyard should love you and affirm you and supply things to you if you have the right attitude. No, the universe is not what you need to connect with. The God who created the universe is the one who loves you and you need to connect with. All right, number five. Surprising signs that you are a light worker. Number five, you easily, quote unquote, manifest your desires. Now, that's a word that is used quite often in New Age spirituality, where it shifts the responsibility from a sovereign God to an individual who controls his or her environment through positive thoughts, positive attitudes, positive statements, and declarations. And because of gratitude, gratitude concerning good things in life, not necessarily gratitude toward God, but just a spirit or an attitude of gratitude, you tend to manifest your desires more. All right, that's a, a new age belief, which isn't all bad. See, these ideas are not all bad. It is a good thing to be a grateful person. Negative uh, Critical people can be found in church. I've met many people that could use a dose of gratitude that call themselves Christians. <clears throat> so I'm not saying, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not saying that just because a person bears the title of Christian that their attitudes are all right. Nor am I saying that just because a person titles himself or herself a New Ager is all wrong in what their goals are in building their character. All right, number six, you believe in a higher power. Of course, as a Christian, I believe you need to define that higher power because a Muslim and a Hindu and a Buddhist and a Christian all believe in a higher power, but it's a completely different definition of 
what or who that is, which is essential. If you're going to walk in the true light, it's essential. Number seven, and I'm doing a list of surprising signs. You are a light worker from a New Age website. Number seven is you experience very intense emotions. Number eight, you feel empathy for other beings. Number nine, you can sense, you have a sense of past events and future events. And then the explanation that goes along with it says light workers often have strong psychic abilities and are often clairsentient, which means you perceive emotional or psychic energy that is not perceivable by the five senses. So anyway, number 10, you respond profoundly to art, music, and literature. Number 11, you easily enter a trance-like state. Is that something you want? Not if you're a believer, no. Number 13, animals seem magnetically drawn to you. 14, babies and children are magnetically drawn to you. Six, uh, seven, 15, elderly individuals seem magnetically drawn to you. Number 16, you're good at neutralizing conflicts because light workers supposedly are skilled at bringing positive vibes into negative situations. And I'm sure if you develop things like humility and kindness and compassion and love, you do become a person that can neutralize conflicts. And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Number 17, you can sense when others are hurt or suffering because most light workers are supposedly empaths and they can sense the pain of others in order to help alleviate it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but the means by which you say you can alleviate it does matter, and the method you use. Number 18, people say that they feel better after interacting with you. 19, you often notice synchronicities and unusual patterns in your life, like numbers that are patterns, or maybe happenings that would look like a coincidence to somebody else who's oblivious to a kind of divine influence. Now, to a light worker, they notice those synchronicities. And sometimes that may be good, sometimes not so good. All right. Number 20, you feel pleasant tingling sensations in your hands or feet during moments of connection and relaxation because you are connecting with the source energy, the source. Well, the source energy with all other beings in a new age mindset is the force, similar to the force in, say, Star Wars, which has both a good side and an evil side, a dark side and a light side. And that's not the true God. That's not the personal God of the Bible. Number 21, you could call yourself a light worker if you're often overcome with deep gratitude for being alive. Number 22, you believe strongly in reincarnation. And the whole list that I've read up to this point probably indicates, according to this website, according to this New Age presentation, you're probably a quote-unquote old soul. That means you're a more highly evolved being who's reincarnated into this world many times and gleaned a lot of wisdom as a result that now can be shared so that 
the next few points can be accomplished. Number three, you can feel your vibrational frequency shifting from moment to moment. Number 24, you have a strong urge to help others and make the world a better place. See, light workers want to make the world a better place, but the way they're trying to accomplish that is not the means that is the right means, the correct means, the way to do it biblically. And then number 25, you can call yourself a light worker. You are a light worker, according to uh, this particular website, if you have experienced a profound spiritual shift in your lifetime. And again, that's from vitalethos.com. All right, on the basis of that, let me remind you that at one time, I would not have used this term because I wasn't familiar with it, but when I was a quote-unquote guru, I could have been called a light worker because the very word guru means out of darkness into light. And a guru is a teacher who is supposed to aid you in coming out of the darkness in your life and walking in the light. Well, there was a huge problem when I embraced uh, the worldview that was taught to me when I learned Kundalini Yoga back in 1969 and 1970. I uh, was not in the light. I thought I was in the light, but you cannot lead someone else to a place you're not at yet yourself. Now, very quickly, I need to bring this to a close, but I want to show you how universally uh, pleasing this title is to a lot of different people that embrace different approaches, different worldviews, different ideas, theologically, philosophically. For instance, followers of the law of attraction use the light workers title. They consider themselves light workers. And you can find that out by going to a website, thelawofattraction.com. And there's an article there on 14 signs of being a light worker. And again, I'll put this post on uh, the truelight.net in the article section and also on uh, the audio podcast notes. Witches and pagans use the light workers title. And paganism is a nature-based kind of spirituality that recognizes the divine in nature and in all human beings, all human beings, whether they're born again or not. There's no such talk of being born again within paganism. Everyone has a divine essence, according to that worldview. And they also usually recognize both the male and female aspects of God, both worshiping both the God and the goddess that they envision as being deities. But see, both witches and pagans call themselves light workers. And here's a quote from that website. Uh, uh, and it's a website, let's see, witchesandpagans.com. What is a light worker? Light workers are healers, masters, and servants of humanity who have contracted to come back at this time. In other words, they made a willful choice to reincarnate when we know we can be of the most service, we come in all shapes and sizes with many different skill sets and areas of expertise with the common goal of service to mankind, service to the earth, and all her many inhabitants. Well, of course, there's only one life according to the Bible. There is only one time of human existence, and we do not choose to come back. That's God's choice when we're born into this world and we're only born for one 
life. And then we move on to the next stage. And it's very important how you embrace the correct truth, how you embrace the correct revelation of who God is and what salvation is affected by while you're here. Now, here's the unexpected twist. And this was, this was something that's very hard for me to put into words because I have a, a very deep respect for some of the people I'm about to mention. Here is the unexpected twist in the whole presentation. There is a couple that is revered by the Christian community who are involved in media work who are very fond of the use of the word light worker. In fact, their television production company is called Lightworkers Media. And their new online community is addressed lightworkers.com. And that's Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, the producers of the Bible series. Many of you watched that. And I liked a lot of the presentations in the Bible series. I thought it was a little humorous when the angels in Sodom and Gomorrah were using uh, Taekwondo to fight off the crowds that fought them. <laughs> that seemed a little bit far-fetched, but uh, on the whole, it, it was a good series, a great series, and I appreciate that Mark and Roma produced the Bible series. It was seen by millions upon millions of people and promoted biblical stories. They also produced the Son of God movie and a newer movie called Resurrection. Uh, and all that's wonderful. And according to the Christian Post, Mark and Roma like to refer to themselves as the noisiest Christians in Hollywood. I don't know much about Mark except he's produced some highly successful shows like Shark Tank or I think the other one is Survivors. So he's really a genius in that area of uh, media production. I know a lot more about, of course, Roma Downey because she played Monica on Touched by an Angel. And those shows, along with Della Reese as the lead angel and then Monica as an angel that worked with her, of course, did not present angels in a biblical format. But they did produce a lot of change in people's lives because there were really valuable issues that were brought up on most of the shows. And the ones I've seen, for the most part, I agreed with the theme of the show. Of course, not necessarily the way angels are presented, but the message it was conveyed. And a lot of them were tear jerkers. And honestly, uh, when Monica would give her monologues, or she would be revealing herself to someone and telling them how to deal with painful situations in their lives. The truth that was shared was often transformational. And so I have nothing but uh, a compliment to share about that. Now, yeah, there are some areas that I don't agree with theologically, but for the most part, I thought there was some real good accomplished through that show. Now, in Touched by an Angel... Roma Downey worked with Della Reese. Now, I've never met Roma Downey personally, but I have met Della Reese. I've talked to Della Reese. I gave her a copy of my book, In Search of the True Light. I attended her church in Hollywood one time, which is called the Up Church. And Della Reese, who, uh, who Roma Downey considers a real spiritual kind of mother, uh, 
has a very definite new thought worldview, which is not a real Christian worldview. It uses some Christian terminology. It uses some Christian ideas. But for the most part, it is new age in essence. And it's from the new thought movement. In fact, anyone who knows about the Up Church, which was the name of Delores' church, knows it promotes new thought uh, concepts. And new thought is very related to new age. In fact, uh, let, let me just share with you a couple of ideas from the Up Church, uh, the Up Church belief uh, lists of beliefs that they have. Their core beliefs are five basic principles. Now, this was something I downloaded uh, in 2017, and so they may or may not have it on their website now. But the first two core beliefs are, number one, the omnipresence of God. You may say, well, I believe in the omnipresence of God, not the way the upchurch members believe in it. Let me read it. It says, everything that exists or ever will exist is pressed out of the body of God. God's substance, in parentheses, in different forms of manifestation, which is a different way of conveying the idea of pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that everything is a manifestation of God. Everything is spirit, actually taking on a temporary material form. Since the nature of God is absolute good, and everything is God, and I'm reading from the beliefs uh, that were posted on the Upchurch website. Since the nature of God is absolute good, and everything is God, everything is God's substance, there can be no evil in reality. Well, that dismisses a lot of what Jesus preached and taught, and certainly what the Bible stands for, which is a distinction between good and evil. But if you have that belief called pantheism, everything emanated out of God, and so it's all a delusion. This thing we call evil is really delusional. And and it's all going to blend back into God eventually. Then the second belief listed on their page of, of the beliefs that the Up Church upholds is the divinity of humankind, that humankind is made in the image likeness of God. Well, of course, we are in the image and likeness of God, but man has fallen from the image of God when the transgression took place in Eden. And that image has to be reintroduced into us through the born-again experience. But those who just pull that out of Genesis and reapply it to every human being make it sound like it's not something that we have to reacquire through regeneration. And uh, that's another show altogether because I need to bring this And then the third core belief is the value and power of thought, which is very much like uh, the law of attraction. Just maintaining positive thought says nothing about repentance. It says nothing about the crucifixion being important, the resurrection of Jesus being essential. I visited the Up Church many years ago when I was holding a monthly meeting at the Beverly Hills Hilton in Los Angeles, California, and I wanted to reach out to Della Reese because I felt like she was a good-hearted person that wanted to do good, and I knew she had a New Age worldview. 
And so I went to the church, and to be honest with you, I was absolutely floored. I was amazed at the worship time. It was like an upbeat, charismatic, Pentecostal, full-blast worship time. But when the speaker got up to speak, then the true philosophy or the true theological base of that church was very blatant, very blatantly manifested because he made it clear from the very beginning, Jesus is not the savior of the world. We don't go to him to be saved from our sins. He is a way shower, capital W, way shower, who shows us the way to achieve our own awakening of divinity or our own Christ consciousness. Now, that was the person that Roma Downey really respected and worked with for many years in Touched by an Angel. And I think I should also mention that Roma graduated from a very prominent, though unaccredited, university called the University of Santa Monica, which is a new age college where you learn new age principles. And the man who founded it is Roger Delano Hinkins, who also founded the spiritual, the movement of spiritual inner awareness church, which utilizes meditation techniques similar to transcendental meditation to help people connect with their own inner divinity. And he changed his name to John Roger after visiting two trance channelers who helped him encounter a higher consciousness named John within himself, and therefore he began referring to himself by the name John Roger because he went to a channeler. And that was the head of the college that Roma Downing received her degree from. And as far as I know, she's never renounced the belief she learned then. Now, anybody can change their beliefs. I don't claim to know Roma's belief system now. I don't claim to know Mark's belief system now. I don't know if the Christianity they promote is a pure understanding of Scripture or not. I do believe she's a wonderful and good person. I believe she is seeking to change the world in a good way. But if you go to lightworkers.com, it doesn't mention Jesus. It doesn't mention salvation through the death that he died on on the cross. It mentions a lot about looking for the good in people, in all people, and promoting goodness in the world, which is all admirable, but it's not enough for true salvation. So have I answered the question, what is a light worker? I think we have a better understanding of the use of the term, the people who do use that name concerning themselves and their own worldviews, and whether or not it's applicable to a Christian. No, I don't think any Christian should ever use that term, light worker, in describing what they do. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And the Bible talks about walking in the light, but you don't want to use a word that has a new age connotation. Just like when I pray, I hope to meditate while I'm praying. And while I'm meditating on the word of God, which is the biblical way of meditating, I hope to transcend all the carnal mindedness that tries to creep in on all of us, but I would never call my times of seeking God transcendental meditation. 
even though I do meditate according to a biblical approach, and I hope to transcend into a heavenly place with the Lord. I am not going to use the term transcendental meditation because it has a very dark connotation because it would connect me to Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. No, thank you. And I would encourage Roma Downey and Mark Burnett not to use the word light workers because it has a dark connotation. If it causes you to be connected to pagans and witches and believers in the law of attraction, it makes people wonder if you embrace those ideas too. If you, And when I say you, I'm talking about any of us. If we use the term light worker, it automatically causes an association in people's minds. So we need to be careful about terms and we need to be careful about what we believe. So that is uh, the session today. It's been a long one, probably the longest one I've ever done. Listen, if you want to know more about the True Light Project, email me from thetruelight.net and ask me to send you this brochure on the True Light Project, and it gives all the very various facets of what we're involved in, and you may want to get behind it and support it and help us accomplish our goals. Also, you can go to thetruelight.net and download this booklet free of charge. The Highest Adventure, Encountering God. It's my story of how I came out of Eastern religions and yoga. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.